Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Is the sound clear? Can everyone hear me? What about the brother in the back? Can you hear me? Yes? Okay, good. Alright, so uh, alhamdulillah, salatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. I'm really honored to be here again and thank you for inviting me again. This topic is also one of the, you know, dearest topics to me personally, honestly, this idea of self-development. And my journey with self-development started about 12 years ago when I first did uh, a course called Neuro Linguistic Programming. Has anyone heard about what Neuro Linguistic Programming is? NLP? Yes? Some of you don't know. How many of you know what it is? Okay, so, you know, I advise you to look it up. So, my friend, you know, he told me that a lot of people who are into, um, you know, da'wah and Islamic preaching, they use this technique of NLP to be more effective in the way they portray the message of Islam, right? So, this is why I was excited to pay for the course. And, you know, interestingly, the course was very expensive. I remember it cost me like 400 dinars to attend a three-day workshop. Okay, and at the beginning I was confused that, uh, wait a second, it's a lot of money, man, what, what, is it, what am I going to learn, what am I going to teach, is it worth 400 dinars, and you know my salary back then, I, was, I just graduated from college, so I just started my job, so this was pretty much 80% of my monthly salary, okay, this amount, heavy amount, but alhamdulillah, you know, I was convinced that there would be value in this. And let's give it a shot. Let's give it a try. Let's see what there is there out there. At the beginning, I was a bit hesitant, but my friend said, no, let's do it. Trust me, you'll, you'll love it. So I paid, paid for the workshop, and alhamdulillah, it was a life-changing workshop for me. Okay? I'm not going to bore you with what NLP is and how it changes your life. This is something for a separate discussion. But from then onwards, I was hooked to such workshops. Okay, and I remember I did, uh, this was NLP 1, right, level 1. There was NLP level 2. I signed up immediately after the workshop. And then there was NLP advanced practitioner, which I signed up for also. Then we did something called timeline therapy, which is also something awesome that I can talk to you about separately. But the idea was I was all of a sudden hooked to attending these workshops and reading about this stuff. And... This journey, alhamdulillah, has never stopped since then, okay? Now, the reason I brought up this brief background is for you to understand the value of developing yourself further, okay? And today we'll talk about the different areas where you can develop yourself further, but, you know, one fundamental concept I want to get across is the idea of investing in yourself, okay? Usually, you know, when it comes to investing, we invest in our children, you know, we buy them clothes, we pay for their education, we invest in our wives, we buy them, you know, rings and gold and jewelry and clothes and, you know, we invest in our homes, we invest in getting a nice car, we invest in our kids' education. Can anyone think of other things that we invest in, usually? Stuff that we pay for? When does money come out of our pockets? Besides paying for bills, usually it's for certain similar things, right? Your family, your, your kids. But when was the last time you invested in yourself? 
Ask yourself this question. I don't need an answer. Just ask yourself this question. When was the last time I invested in myself? When was the last time I spent money on myself? A lot of people spend in charity also, right? You spend in giving to others. But the question is, when was the last time you invested in yourself? And wallahi, the journey of self-development does not begin until you are ready to invest in yourself, until you see the value of investing in yourself. And the ayah that comes to mind from the Quran is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, لَن تَنَالُوا الْبِرّْ حَتَّى تُنْفِقُوا مِمَّا تُحِبُّونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that you will never, you will not attain goodness until you spend from what you love. And usually this ayah is, you know, um, used in charitable occasions only, right? It's used to, you know, call people to give charity and to help the poor and the orphans. But at the same time, it has a much, much more broader meaning. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, you will not attain goodness until you spend from what we have, what, from what you love. And no doubt about it, money, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran that, you know, Allah knows that we love money, we have this attachment for money, we understand the value of money, and money is an important part of our lives, no doubt about it. But Allah is saying, you want to attain goodness, and here I'm talking about goodness for yourself, because self-development is about taking care of yourself. It's about investing in yourself. Allah said, you will not attain goodness until you are ready to spend from what you love. Okay? So, unfortunately, we're living in times nowadays where people are, you know, um, information is available easily and freely to all, right? You can go on Wikipedia. You can go on torrents and download free stuff. You can, you know, uh, buy a copyrighted, you know, source of, of material for learning purposes. You can download a PDF of a book, okay? And people use this even for entertainment now. People don't even value entertainment, let alone self-development. People are buying movies or, or downloading movies for free that are actually copyrighted by their producers. People are downloading, you know, books for free, although they're copyrighted by their authors. Guys, this stuff is haram. You know, I'm not a mufti, but I can tell you this stuff is haram because it's stealing. Someone has put their effort into writing a book and you just copy it off of someone who has put it on the internet and you download it for free. And this book, this book I don't care what book it could be. I, it, this could be a tafsir of the Quran. Right? It could be a beneficial book, right? Tafsir of the Quran is a beneficial book. But you're stealing it or you're downloading it for free from someone who stole it, and you're reading it to benefit from tafsir of Qur'an, are you going to benefit from it? Allah said, لَن تَنَالُوا الْبِرْ حَتَّى تُنْفِقُوا مِمَا تُحِبُّونَ You will not attain goodness. You can, you can download, you can have an entire library in your phone, in your iBooks app store. You can have an entire library. You can have thousands of books that you've downloaded for free by cheating in your desktop. You can read them all. Allah said, the law is, if you don't spend, you will not attain goodness. You'll have knowledge, but you will not have goodness. Now, this is a question we need to ask ourselves. Is there a difference between knowledge and goodness? Tell me. If you have a Sharia degree from the top Islamic university, does this guarantee that you are a good person? 
Absolutely not, right? At the same time, you can have a good person, mashallah, that has no Sharia degree, right? I mean, he knows his basic stuff, he knows how to pray fast. But his value, his level in Jannah can be higher than someone who has libraries and libraries of books memorized in his memory. Correct or no? So the idea, brothers and sisters who are listening, is that the goal is to develop ourselves for goodness. For bir, goodness, right? So that we can get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that we can, you know, inshallah, reach the highest levels of Jannah. And so we can also be happy in this dunya. Again, I repeat this idea of Jannah in dunya and akhirah. Okay? Developing yourselves not only guarantees you, inshallah, Jannah and akhirah, but also paradise in this world. It will make you a happy person. It will make you peaceful internally. It will make you at comfort. And these are the primary things that human beings are after. Happiness and inner peace. Correct or no? So we need to get over this idea of free education, free seminar. And when someone offers a course for, you know, 100 BD, 200 BD, oh, brother, it's too much, brother. Don't, yani, don't rip us off, yakhi. make it cheaper. But when it comes to movies, going to the cinema, we pay whatever it takes. When it comes to traveling, we pay. When it comes to other things that are necessary, we pay. But for when it comes to developing ourselves, unfortunately, we become cheap. Do you all agree? I'm sorry for starting at a very harsh tone, but this is the sad reality and I have to be honest. Yes? Okay. Now we'll lighten it up a bit, inshallah. Okay. So self-development in the Quran. My view is, brothers and sisters, that the Quran is the ultimate self-development book. It is the reason the Quran was the miracle of Prophet Muhammad Why? Because the Quran transformed the people of Arabia, didn't it? The Bedouins of Arabia, who basically were nothing in society, right? You had huge empires like the Roman Empire and the Persian Empire. No one cared what these Arabs were about. That's why they were never even invaded, right? They had nothing to offer besides their poetry. But the Prophet ﷺ through the Qur'an over a period of just 23 years, and this is something that even Western scholars today accredit to, right? The, the miracle of transforming, you know, these Bedouins that were shepherds in the middle of the desert, the, this Qur'an transformed them into the leaders of humanity. And they ended up, you know, being the world superpower for about 800 years during the golden age of Islam, right? You can look this up in history, okay? This stuff isn't taught to our kids in school, but it's there in history, 800 years of golden age of Muslims, okay? Where they invented so many things and discovered so many things and sciences and math and algebra and chemistry and physics and all these things, right? Through what? Through the Quran. Let me just give you a small tangent. Um, how many of you have heard of Al-Khawarizmi? Anyone heard? What was he famous for, Khawarizmi? Anyone knows? Mathematics, okay? Mathematics and algebra and that kind of stuff, okay? Now, how did he come up with this science and knowledge of mathematics? He was one day reading the Quran and he was reading the ayat of inheritance in Surah An-Nisa and he was like, you know, wait a second, this is confusing, man. 
uh, two shares for the man, one share for the daughter and the mother and the granddaughter and the uncle and the brother. This is confusing stuff. I need to understand this. I need to make it simple for myself. So he started thinking of a formula, right, to make it easy to understand these laws of inheritance. And through that thinking, he came up with the science of algebra. So all the algebra that is taught today in the world to our kids in school, the credit goes to where? Credit goes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because through the Quran, even math can be learned. This is the beauty of this book. Okay, so this is just one example. I mean, we can talk about physics and chemistry and psychology and, you know, social issues. It's endless. It's an ocean, endless ocean of, you know, source of knowledge for us. But for the sake of this, this talk today, I want to talk about self-development. And, you know, to talk about self-development, we need to talk about the human being. Okay, the human being. Now, who was the first human being that was created? Please speak up. Don't be shy. Adam alayhi salam, right? And when he was created, there was a slight conflict that happened. What was the conflict? Everyone bowed down to Adam alayhi salam as Allah's com uh, command was, except for who? Shaitan, Iblis. Okay. Now what, let me ask you this, before the angels bowed down, what did they say to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What did they question? Why are you creating someone who will spread what? Two things. Fasad, which is corruption and bloodshed. Literally, the angels questioned Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and said, Ya Allah, why are you creating someone who is going to spread bloodshed and corruption on earth? And Allah said, Inni a'lamu ma la ta'lamun. I know what you don't know. Okay? And so then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blew into Adam the ruh. And then he ordered the malaika to do sujood. And they all did except Iblis. He was jealous. There was arrogance issue. We all know the story. Yes? The question is, Allah demanding the angels to do sujood is a sign that Adam was created for the complete opposite of the assumption of the angels. The assumptions of the angels was he will create or he will spread corruption and bloodshed. So Allah says, Inni a'lamu ma la I know what you don't know, which means what? Allah is saying, no, he will do the opposite. Now what is the opposite, brothers, of corruption and, and bloodshed? What's the opposite of corruption? Justice. What's the opposite of bloodshed? Peace. So Adam السلام, was created to spread two things. Justice and peace. Okay? Justice and peace. Will this world be a, an amazing place to live in if we have justice and peace? Yes? Question. You open the news today. What do you see? You see bloodshed and corruption everywhere, right? CNN, BBC, Al Jazeera, ARY, whatever, Geo News. Bloodshed and corruption is everywhere. Um, can we say that the angels were right in their question? What's, what went wrong? The angels said, this human being, Ya Allah, you're creating him, he's going to spread bloodshed and corruption. Allah said, no, 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 no. I know something you don't know. But what the angels assumed is actually happening today. We have bloodshed and corruption spread everywhere in the world. Where is peace? Where is justice? 
Okay, very good. Very good, mashallah. Yeah. Even Tom and Jerry, there's no, no peace, no justice there, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes, yes, mashallah. Good insight. So yes, the media has a role to play. But let's be honest, reality, let's forget the media. Reality is, do we really have more justice and peace or do we have more bloodshed and corruption? What do you guys think? Hands up for those of you who think there is more bloodshed and corruption than peace and justice. So, do you, most of you think that we have peace and justice in the world today? Can I see the hands up? Okay, mashallah, we have optimistic people. Very good, very good. Excellent. So, self-development is about the human being. And the human being's role, Adam was created to spread this peace and justice. Okay? To understand the human being, we have to understand what the human being is made of. Right? What elements make up the human being. And I'm going to be talking about five. But before that, I want to talk to you about a beautiful insight from Surah Teen. Surah Teen. This is a surah that most of, our, most of you maybe have memorized. Most of you have your kids memorize the surah. Okay. And in this beautiful surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sheds some light on this idea of self-development and how the human being was created in, it, in his best form, ahsani taqweem, and then how he came down to the lowest of the low. ثُمَّ رَدَدْنَاهُ أَسْفَلَ سَافِلِينَ So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts off by saying, بَعْدَ أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ بِسْفِ اللَّهِ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ وَالتِّينِ وَالزَّيْتُونِ وَطُورِ سِينِينَ وَهَذَا الْبَلَدِ الْأَمِينِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is swearing by how many things here? وَالتِّين What does teen mean? The fig, right? وَالزَّيْتُونِ What does زَيْتُونِ mean? Olive وَطُورِ سِينِينَ What does وَطُورِ سِينِينَ mean? The Mount of Sinai What was so special about this mount? Prophet Musa salam spoke to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on this mount, okay? Pretty significant mount. Okay? There's difference of opinion, but I just picked up a picture of a mountain here just to give you an idea. Right? And then And I swear by this safe city. Very brief translation I'm giving you, okay? And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Indeed, there is no doubt about it. We have created the human being, the insan, in the best form of creation. He is the best. Okay? Out of all his creation, the sun, the moon, the stars, the animals, the plants, the angels, the jinn, who is the best? Al-insan. Okay? We have been given this honor. Something for us to be you know, grateful for and something to make us feel good. Inshallah. But then Allah says something interesting. He says, and then we brought him down to the lowest of the lows. Except for a few. Of course, these are the, the winners, right? Except for those. So there will be a minority. Allah, always when Allah states a rule and then gives an exception, what does that mean? That the exception is a majority or minority? 
minority. Except for those who truly believe and do righteous deeds or do good deeds. Okay. They will have a reward that is endless. And here it, this could mean also reward in dunya and akhirah. Paradise in dunya and akhirah. For who? Those who believe and do righteous deeds. Of course, this is a statement to the disbelievers. What then makes you deny this deen? Okay. Isn't it so that Allah is the most wise? And of course, the, the proper way of responding to this is to say, Bala wa ana ala dhalika min shahideen Indeed, Ya Allah, and I bear witness that you are ahkam al-hakimin. You are the wisest of the wise. Okay, so this is like uh, etiquette with the Quran. When, you, when the Quran questions you, you need to respond. You don't need to say it out loud, but you, internally you say, Bala, indeed, Ya Allah. Because Allah is asking us, am I not the wisest of the wise? What is it logically demanding us to do this ayah? To respond. Indeed, of course, Ya Allah, I will bear witness that you are the wise of the wise. Now, what's going on in the surah? And why is Allah swearing by the fig and the olive and then Mount Sinai and then Mecca? What's going on? So, according to Mufassirun, there's differences of opinion on what this means. There's a lot of symbolism, a lot of ishtihad that's done. But for the sake of today's talk, I'm going to share with you one of, the <laughs> one of the views that I found extremely interesting. So, going back to the fig. Right, let's go back in time. The fig, according to a lot of uh, you know, researchers, was linked somehow to the Mount of Judi. Now, what's so special about the Judi Mount? Apparently, there were a lot of fig trees growing on the Judi Mount. That area of Judi was known for figs, the best figs in the world. What's Judi known for? Which prophet... What happened on the Judy Mount? Something parked on the Judy Mount. Nuh's Ark. Nuh Salam's Ark, the ship that Nuh Salam built. You know, when the punishment came, there was a flood in the entire world. So the boat was swimming, and then eventually it settled. Allah subhanahu wa says in the Quran, Wastawat al Judi. It settled on al Judi which is a mount. And even today, scientifically, people have actually marked the, uh, the print of the ship on the mountain. SubhanAllah, it's, it's there. You can see it from Google Earth and stuff. I mean, Allah knows how accurate that stuff is. But Judy is a place where Nuh Salam's ark settled. Okay? So, Wateen here is, is linked to which prophet? Nuh Salam. And then Zaytun. Where is Zaytun most famous? In Palestine. Which prophet was born in Palestine? Isa alayhi salam. Okay. And then Waturi Sinin. Which prophet reminds you of Turi Sinin now? I already gave you a hint. Musa alayhi salam. So let's refresh. Wateen is which prophet? Nuh alayhi salam. Was Zaytun? Isa Sinin. What about Hadal Balad al Amin? Which? Prophets remind you of Kaaba and Mecca. There's primarily two. Ibrahim salam, the father, yes, of monotheism and Tawheed. And who else? Prophet Muhammad sallallahu So in total, how many prophets? Five. You want to you want to listen to something really amazing? These five prophets 
are also coincidentally the ulul azmi min al-rusul. So in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given special status, ulul azm, to these five prophets out of how many prophets? How many prophets are there? A lot, okay? A lot, like tens of thousands, right? Yes? So these five are special, according to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the Quran. Ulul azm. They have been given the special status. So what is Allah, why did Allah mention these amazing four prophets in the surah? He's telling us, listen, these five prophets, they attained the peak of what an insan can do in terms of self-development and benefit for humanity and goodness and spreading peace and justice, right? These five are the symbols of perfection, the perfect human being, okay? And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the fact that Allah created the insan in Ahsan Taqweem. You see how it's, it's beautifully linked to the theme of the surah, okay? But Allah said, The human being came, became the lowest of the low. Now, just to compare human beings to animals, okay? I'll give you a small example here. Now, if you look at a picture of a jungle, now who is known as the king of the jungle? Lion? Yes, or something else? King of jungle is known as lion. I don't know who made that up, but like, it's known, right? So if you look at the picture of a jungle in 2016, you see a nice lion with a nice beard, right? With the children. And um, compare that picture to a picture of a lion in 1920 in a jungle. Besides the fact that that picture will be black and white, would you see any difference in the jungle and the lion and his lifestyle? What do you think? Would there be like added features in the jungle, like a shopping mall or like some hotel, cars in the jungle developed by animals? No. So this, in a way, gives us an idea of how we human beings are different than animals. Human beings constantly want to develop things. We constantly want to build higher buildings. We constantly want to build faster cars. Athletes constantly want to improve their level of fitness and speed and performance. Right or no? Science constantly wants to advance. Just recently, I don't know if you've heard the news, but the, you know, this idea of gravitational waves has proven to be true today. This was a theory that Einstein came up with many, many years ago. And you know what the implications of this news is? How many of you have heard of this news that came out two weeks ago? The implications of this, brothers and sisters, is that this idea of time travel is actually scientifically proven to be true. Okay? And we know this from the Quran where you know, the, the throne of Balqis was traveled uh, and this guy brought it from, you know, many big distances in a split second. And so, you know, science today is proving this stuff. So what I'm trying to say is a human being constantly wants to develop, 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 develop. So we've been developing things around us. We've been developing our knowledge of the human body through medicine. We've been developing the knowledge of our history through you know, discovery of fossil fuels and dinosaurs and all this kind of stuff. We've been constantly discovering even the outer space, right? Galaxies and stars and moons and planets. 
And we've been constantly developing further and further. And, and you know, today we live in the age of Facebook and WhatsApp and technology and communication. It's unbelievable, right? And Allahu Alam, what's going to happen in the next 50 years? Okay? Now you can take your phone out and talk to someone in video sitting in the, in the other side of the world instantly, right? With picture, very good quality picture. So what I'm trying to say is human beings are capable of advancing. It's a nature that Allah has built inside of us. But the one thing that the human being is careless about is what? Developing himself. Okay? <coughs> Except for the few. So this is what this surah is talking about here. Okay? This idea that the human being is capable of amazing things. Okay? So let's talk about the human being. Okay? Let's talk about the human being. Now, according to my ijtihad, okay, we can split up the human being into five categories. The first category I want to talk about is the mind, okay? And we look at self-development through all these different elements. So the mind, now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the mind for a certain functionality. And for this functionality to work, we have to feed the mind with the right food, all right? So what is the food of the mind? Or let's, let's talk about the functionality. Why did Allah give us the mind? What's the purpose of the mind? Please speak up. To think. What else? To develop, to invent, right? To create things, to find solutions, to build tools, right? This is special, something special that the human being has been given, okay? And so the question now is what is the food that we, when we feed the mind, will give its functionality, its it's maximum. Very good. So knowledge, learning. What else? Thinking. Okay. Time to think. Time to ask questions. We gotta, we gotta do give this food to our minds. Now the question is, how many people read today? How many people today actually read to develop themselves further in any field? It could be religious. It could be scientific. It could be engineering. Whatever it is. Yes, we do, we are forced to read in school, right? Our kids are forced to go to school to read because they have to pass the exam. So they can, you know, get the job. So they can get married. So they can have the car they want. But who reads for the passion of knowledge to feed the mind? Would you say majority or minority? Minority, yes. Why did I start with the mind? Who can tell me? Why did I start with the mind being the first element? The first revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the human being was what? Iqra. The first command. It wasn't pray. It wasn't fast. It wasn't do sajda. It wasn't eat. It wasn't get married. It was Iqra, read. And read here doesn't just mean reading from a book, right? Because again, this revelation was being revealed to who? To Prophet Muhammad who actually couldn't read or write. He was unlettered. But read here symbolizes have that hunger to learn. Have that desire to improve yourself. Have that desire to seek answers to your questions.
to explore, to ask questions, to think. And this is what you know, the great scientists of the past, like Einstein did, right? They, all, all they did was think, right? That's how they came up with the law of gravity and the law of energy and all these laws, because they, they are people who thought, okay? Even in the golden ages of Islam, how did people, like I told you, Khawarizmi, how did he come up with this idea of math and algebra? He thought, right? Now, the question is reality. Let's come to reality. What are we feeding in our minds today? Negativity, a lot of negativity, whether it's from the news, whether it's from society, negative assumptions, you know, negative uh, you know, perception of the world, petrol prices are going up, electricity is going up, times are tough, right? This idea of even entertainment, let's be honest. We're feeding, entertainment, isn't it feeding our mind? What is it feeding the mind with? Beneficial stuff that will develop the human being or stuff that will bring the human being to the lowest of the lows? What do you think? Lowest of the lows, right? With this shameless industry being a multi-billion dollar industry, it's attracting everybody. Why? Because shaitan has playing, is play, playing his game. And people are more interested to entertain in this stuff rather than develop themselves further. Okay? So you see the importance and value of taking care of the mind and developing the mind further? Yes or no? Okay. So I'm just sharing with you certain elements, inshallah. The idea here is not to bring you down and make you feel bad about yourselves and you know, feel negative. No, the idea here is to make you aware so that you can, inshallah, start having a plan, having a vision for yourself in terms of starting to read books and attending workshops. By the way, attending workshops... Attending talks like this, this is part of your feeding the mind, correct or no? You're here to learn, so mashallah, that's credit to you all. Yeah. You know, you've put the time aside. And by the way, I forgot to mention this, the, you know, that harsh lecture I gave you about spending? It doesn't only mean spending money, even time. Spend time, spend your effort. You know, Musa alayhi salam, when he heard about a knowledgeable man somewhere in the middle of nowhere, what did he do? He went on a pretty long journey to learn from this man, right or no? Did he spend? Of course he spent. What did he spend though? Time and effort and energy, okay? And this is something that's so common in all our you know, respected scholars of the past. They would travel from one country to another just to get one hadith from another scholar. And that's why they were great. Because they knew the value of knowledge. They knew the value of feeding the mind. That's why there was barakah in their books till today. See the idea? How it's all connected? Let's move on to the second element. The body. Developing and taking care of our body. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the body for what kind of functionality? It's very simple, right? Tell me. Why did Allah give us bodies? Come on, you guys are confused. Why did Allah give us a body? To work, you know, to, to do stuff. He gave us hands, He gave us feet to move, to, you know. 
activities, to you know, have this idea of you know, spending your energy and doing things. Okay? So what is the food of the body? Very simple. The biryani and the samosa and the jalebi and the pakora. Yeah? Food, drinks. But the idea here is also taking care of your health. This is part of food for the body. Getting good sleep is part of food of the body. Right or no? Deep breathing exercises, part of food for the body. Okay, all these things are important for the body. Now, let's do a quick survey. Do most people in the world today, or let's talk about, you want to talk about Muslims? Most Muslims today, are they giving a priority to taking care of their bodies or no? Do this if you disagree, do this if you agree. Not taking care? Not taking care, huh? Okay. By the way, survey for the mind. Most Muslims today, are they taking care of the mind or no? Let's see, let's see. I want to see. Survey, survey. Okay. Astaghfirullah wa Okay. So body, invest in yourself. Just like you invest in buying books and going to workshops and attending lectures. And sometimes, you know, even traveling to attend lectures, guys. There's this, you know, just going back to the mind for a second. There's this idea of mastermind today. Anyone familiar with the concept of masterminds? Where you come together with a group of intellectuals who are experts in a specific field. And you literally travel to meet together to exchange ideas. And people pay, I'm telling you, tens and tens of thousands of dollars to attend these mastermind groups. Why? Because they know that one hour spent with an expert in this field is worth reading five years of books. Is it worth it or no? I'll tell you a small story. Okay? There was this um, factory owner. I don't know if I told you the story before. Factory owner who had a major problem with his factory. It wasn't functioning well. Okay? So he called up to seek an expert to come and fix it. So he, he said, I want the best guy to come. Just get me. I'm losing a lot of money here. I want my factory to start running again. So the best person comes and he says, I will charge you $250,000 for half an hour of work. You agree or no? What do you think he did? He opened his eyeballs. He's like, are you crazy? Are you out of your mind? You think I'm stupid? I'm going to pay you $250,000 for half an hour of work. Please get out of here. I don't want any jokes. So he calls up his secretary. Please find me someone cheaper, you know. Like, we don't have that extra money. So anyway, three or four other lower grade people come. And they say, yeah, of course. We can do it for $10,000. That guy was trying to rip you off with $250,000. We do it for $10,000, $20,000. They try. One guy tries. He works on it for one week. Can't solve it. Other guy comes, works on it for two weeks, no benefit. Third guy comes, no benefit. What's happening to the factory owner's money and his profitability? Going down every week, right? He's losing money. So, by the way, that person who was leaving, you know, the smart guy, he told him, listen, I'm going, but if you come and ask me again for help, I'm going to charge you double. So eventually, he's forced to do what? Call the same guy. He says, brother, please come. Whatever you want. 
He says, remember, I told you it's not $250,000, it's $500,000. He's like, yeah, sure. Because I know I have to do this now. I have to fix my factor, otherwise I'm going to go out of business. So he pays him. The guy finishes in 15 minutes, and he gets the check. As he's leaving, the factory owner asks him, I have a small question. Why did you charge me so much? He fixed the factory, right? But he asked him, why did you charge me so much? He said, listen, I charged you not for the 15 minutes of work. I charge you for the 15 years of experience and knowledge that I accumulated throughout the years. And this is the value of what I have. You guys understand now? The value of knowledge, the value of reading a book from an expert, whether it's on the topic of parenting, remember the parenting talk? Whether it's on the topic of marriage, topic of making money. So many businessmen today are in business, they've never read a single book about the laws of making money. It's so sad. Okay? So many people are in you know, the business of, um, I don't know, autom automotive or cars or whatever. They've never read a book. Books are out there, experts have written, they've spent years and years of research writing a book. And by the way, how much do, do books cost? How much does a book cost nowadays? $10, $5. If you buy an e-book, it costs $3. Wallahi, it's, yani, it's a joke. Yani. It's treasure of knowledge for nothing. Going back to the body. How many people sign up in the gym? How many people read books on nutrition to know what's healthy, what's not healthy? How many people read books on the importance of you know, exercise and stretching and breathing? We've been careless towards our body. By the way, what will speak on the Day of Judgment? Will our tongue speak? What will speak? Our body will speak on our behalf. And part of what we will ask, will be asked about is, did we take care of our bodies or not? This body is an amana. It's a trust. And Allah expects us to take care of this. So again, a lot of no's, right, for this one? Okay, third one. The ruh. The special thing that, you know, no one knows about, right? Allah subhanahu says, you have no... Uh, idea about this thing that I've put inside of you. A lot of people call it energy. Some, there's different ways of you know, looking at it. But the idea is this is something special that the human being was honored with. This is something that leaves our body while we sleep. This is something that leaves our body when we die. Does it ever die? Does the ruh ever die? It never dies. Very special thing. And this is actually what makes a human being what he is. So the, the functionality of the ruh, why did Allah give us the ruh? To connect to the creator. To connect to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the question now is, how, what's the food for the ruh? What's the food that we have to give the ruh so it, it can fulfill its function and its objective? Hmm? Tawbah, istighfar, good. Remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What's the ultimate remembrance? The ultimate remembrance is salah, is prayer. Yes? 
just a side note, inshallah, I'm going to be giving an entire you know, talk on the, the idea of divine connection and upgrading your prayers about salah. So if you're someone who's suffering with khushu and salah, I'm giving a fatwa here. It's fard for you to attend, inshallah. Okay, uh, March 12th. Yes, March 12th. All got to be there. Bring your family, your kids. It's open for the entire family. So you have to feed your ruh with the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to attain its functionality. Reading Quran, attending such lectures, watching good YouTube videos, halal, halal tube, yes? Beneficial stuff. On, on WhatsApp, you get a message, a nice lecture, small clip, small reminder from a speaker or whatever. Great. Books on deen and akhira and remembrance. And amazing, right? Okay, let's do a survey again. Spirituality-wise, the ruh, most Muslims, are they actually taking care of the ruh and feeding it with stuff? Or well, I want to see all hands, please. Someone's doing this, huh? <laughs> okay, good, mashallah. Halfway there, yeah. Good, mashallah. So the ruh, important thing. Absolutely important. Anything else left in the human body? Let's talk about some other interesting things. And this is where it gets interesting. The stuff I told you about, this is pretty common. This is where it gets interesting, okay? The nafs. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talked about the nafs in the Quran several, in several places. And obviously the nafs and the ruh are two separate things. And again, there's no clear-cut black and white evidence on what the nafs is, what the ruh is. These are all things of the unseen. But there's different theories out there. One of the theories is nafs is your personality. Okay? And actually, you know, psychology, the science of psychology, or the field of psychology, when you translate it into Arabic, it's called ilmun nafs, the knowledge of the nafs. So for a lot of people, they, you know, they claim that the nafs actually has to do with our emotions and the state of our mindsets and our feelings. Okay? Is it an important aspect of the human being? Yes or no? Absolutely. So um, the question now is, what is the food for the nafs? Before I answer the question, I want to give you a small metaphor for you to understand the difference between body, ruh, and nafs. Okay? This laptop here. What are the three primary components of this laptop? Without which it will not function. Number one, processor. So like hardware. Okay? Hardware. This, this stuff here, hardware, right? Number two, software without the applications and the Windows and Chrome and whatever. No point in hardware alone, right? With nothing installed. Element number three, power. Thank you very much. Without power, it's not going to work. You can have the best software in the world. You can have the best hardware. Without power, it means nothing. So connecting this to the human body, <coughs> what is the hardware of the human body? Or, sorry, what is the hardware of the human being? I gave it away. <laughs> what, is the, what is the hardware of the human being? Body. What is, the, what is the power of the human being? 
the power of the human being is the ruh. Without your ruh, you are dead. If you are spiritually disconnected from Allah, you are dead. You could be walking, eating biryani and going to work and getting married. You are dead spiritually. You are no better than an animal. So the ruh is a critical component. This is like the core. Remember I told you in previous talks. This is the core. The ruh. What is the software of the human being? I'll give you a clue. I'll give you a clue. The nafs. Okay? The nafs is the software. Okay? So any idea what food will satisfy the nafs? Parsley? <laughs> Positivity? Obedience to Allah, Sadaqa, upbringing, satisfaction, good deeds, experiences, proper instructions. Okay, good. Any other ideas? Motivation, desire. Tahajjud, okay. I think tahajjud is more to, to do with ruh, right? Connecting with Allah. So actually they're in a way connected, but nafs, again, this is ijtihad, right? There's no clear-cut thing, but the conclusion I've reached is after doing a lot of research in this field is the food for the nafs is values. And a lot of you mentioned certain things that come in values, right? But values is the food for the nafs. What are values? Respect, being truthful, obedient, honest, kind, yes, caring. Did the Prophet ﷺ have a pretty good software before he became a prophet? Sadiq al-Amin, pretty powerful software he had ready to accept revelation. How's the software of the Ummah today in terms of values? Are we honest? Are we truthful? Are we loving and caring and merciful? Are we grateful? Let's do a survey. Come on, I want to see all of you participate, please. Values of the Muslim Ummah today. Please, all of you, participate. Okay, there's this, this, this uh, tragedy that we're in where, you know, a lot of people, it's, it's seen, the reality is that Muslims, in the exterior, yes, we are praying, we have the beards, we have the niqab and the hijab and the hafid Qur'an and the knowledge. But what happened to the akhlaq and the manners and the morals of the Muslim ummah? Let's be honest, for the most part, we need to work on the nafs, on values. Okay? And 
something amazing I recently, subhanAllah, Allah guided me to come to this, is that I was wondering where is values mentioned in the Quran? And the word for values in, the, in Arabic is qiyam. You know, value, values come from valuable, right? It's something extremely valuable, right? Values. So, qayyim or qima means value of something. You know, you go to a supermarket, kam qimatadi, kam qimatadi, right? And so, qiyam are values. Qima is a value. Is qiyam mentioned in the Quran? I was looking, 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 and to my surprise, it is made mention of in Surah Al-Fatiha. The table of contents of the Quran. The summary of the entire Quran, which is just seven verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala included values a part of this Surah subhanAllah. Where is it? Any guesses? Qiyam? Is it mentioned in Surah Al-Fatiha? Thank you very much. Ihdina sirat al-mustaqim. So when I delve more into this word mustaqim, the root word is, part of the meaning is values. Because values straighten you up. Right? Values make you a straight person. You know how they say, this person, uh, he's not that straight. He has issues. Values straighten you up. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 17 times a day in our salah. Ya Allah, guide us on the path, the straight path of values. The morals and the manners and the positivity and the hamd and the gratitude and the love and the care and the honesty and trustworthy. And there's, you know, you could Google it up, values, top values. There's hundreds of them. Hundreds, confidence and, you know, energy and so many, so many. But the idea is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose to mention values in the Quran. SubhanAllah. And then I reflected even further, and I'll talk about this in my Salah talk on March 12th. Surah Al-Fatiha in its entirety is values. It's instilling and programming us to have good values. I'll give you some tips. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. Being grateful. Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. Being loving and caring and merciful. Maliki Yawmiddin, being responsible and accountable. Iyaka Na'bud, sincerity. Sincerity. Iyaka Nasta'een, humility. Ya Allah, we need your help. You see? Values is a core of the you know, human being's creation. This is what makes human beings special and you know if there was a pyramid to be drawn values would come in the in the foundation then islam would come then would come ihsan and other higher levels but do we talk about values nowadays or do we when someone enters islam what do we talk about brother you have to circumcise brother you have to divorce your wife brother you have to Pray five times a day, brother. You have to memorize Surah Al-Fatiha, right or no? We we mess up the foundation. 
And this is a discussion like I humbly request you as parents to focus on values with your children. And the Quran is filled with values and lessons of values. And the stories of the prophets are all about values. This is what straightens a human being. When you focus only on the worship and the rituals and the external image, and the nafs is corrupt inside, there's no values, there's no akhlaq, there's no manners. Sorry. And you know, let's be honest, today, you go to countries in the West, do we see values or no? To some extent, it's debatable, but you have order, you have justice, you have good-mannered people, akhlaq, right? Here in the Muslim world, you enter just the airport, you give your passport for getting stamped, and do you see values? You know what I'm talking about? So food for the nafs is what? Values. And this is something that you have to learn. Literally. Like I went to a workshop on how to have values. It was, it was called char uh, character leadership through character. I thought it was going to be about leadership and managing people. The entire workshop, three days, cost me like what? 300 dinars and a flight to Dubai and hotel fees and being away from family. It was all about character. You want to be a leader? Work on your character. Wasn't that who Rasulullah was? The best example of character? Rest or no? That's why he was the best leader. Very simple. You want to be the best leader in your family? You want to be the best husband? Work on your character. Work on your values. You want to be the best employee in your job? Work on your values. You will fly like this. Wallahi. You want to be the best businessman? You all know this. What made Islam enter, the, enter Asia? How did Islam enter Asia? Trading values. Right or no? So we have underestimated this element and that's why we are suffering with Negative emotions. Remember I told you nafs is about psychology. How are the state of the mind, uh, state of the emotions of the Muslims now? Depression, anxiety, suffering, anger, hatred, jealousy. All the negative stuff is there. Why? Because the values are not there. You fix the values, you become happy. Yes or no? Okay, so let's finish it up with the last one, the heart. Also a very, very interesting part of the human body. Allah mentioned it separately in the Quran, therefore it's a separate element. And there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the heart. And by the way, if you realize, aren't these all connected somehow? What you feed the mind will affect your body, will, will affect your nafs, will affect your ruh. Yes or no? Let's talk about the heart. What is the functionality of the heart besides beating? Why did Allah give us the heart? This is a tricky one.
The human beings decide with their hearts. The primary function of the heart is to make decisions. You would think that the mind makes decisions, right? That's not true. I'll give you a very small example. Ask anyone who smokes. Does smoking cause lung cancer? What will they say? If you give them a 10-question exam on the harms of smoking, will they pass 10 out of 10? Will they have knowledge that smoking is bad and can cause cancer and can cause death? Yes or no? So they have information in the mind. Who makes the decision to light up the smoke? The heart. Okay? The heart makes decisions. And this is a critical component because we will be judged based on what? The decisions we make in life. Life is made up of what? It's made up of choices. Day to day, a human being has been given the freedom of choice, right? You choose every day how to spend your day, how to spend your time, what to think about, what to read, what to watch on TV, how to talk with someone, what to see, what not to see, where to go, where not to go, who to be with, who not to be with. Yes or no? Our life is, is and that's the whole concept of the Day of Judgment. Allah will judge us and the book, the record of the book will be stored information of what decisions we made based on the choices we had. And therefore, the heart is also a critical, critical component. So now the million dollar question. What is the food of the heart? So that it functions properly, so that we can make the right decisions. Knowledge? Purity, Quran. Values, that was nafs, man. Should I give it away because I'm getting hungry now? Yeah? <coughs> Unconditional love for Allah's creation. Okay, and this is a big topic. I'll shed some light on it. You all know what love is, right? It's that, and all of you are thinking about your wives now, I know, but I'm talking about a bigger concept of love, okay? Where it is unconditional. Now, what's the difference between conditional love and unconditional love? No matter what, I love you. No matter what you look like, if you're pretty or ugly, I love you. If you obey me or disobey me, I love you. If you're nice to me or if you're rude to me, I love you. If you like me, if you don't like me, I love you. If you're my friend or you're my enemy, I love you. Sounds a bit weird, right? Did the Prophet ﷺ practice conditional love or unconditional love? People would throw stones at him in Taif and make his feet bleed. And he would be given the permission to destroy the city. What did he choose? unconditional love and he made dua for them right or no someone came in the masjid al-nabawi and started peeing 
relieving himself, urinating in the masjid. The Sahaba reacted negatively. What did the Prophet do? Let him finish. Leave him alone. Then he politely told him to, you know, this is not the place of doing this. There's other places to do this. This is a place of worship. This idea of unconditional love, which is, again, something that we're suffering with, right? All our love relationships are based on conditions, right or no? And so listen to this, brothers, carefully. If we have unconditional love in our hearts, will we be making the right decisions? Will we be saying the right things to people or the wrong things? Will we be thinking the right thoughts or the wrong thoughts? Will we be going to the right places or the wrong places? Will we be doing the right things or the wrong things? All the decisions in our life revolve around the state of our heart. If there is hatred, jealousy, anger, sadness, fear, this stuff is in your heart, you're going to end up making wrong decisions. And who will pay the price? Who will pay the price for your wrong decisions? You. You. And then you will blame shaitan for your suffering. You will blame Israel. You will blame Obama. You will blame, you know, ISIS for your misery and your suffering. You see, Allah has given us all the control. We decide what the state of our heart should be. Yes or no? Is it easy? Is it easy? What do we have to break? Ego. There is this idol inside of most human beings called me, myself, and I. We have to take this ego, this idol out and break it. Then only can you achieve unconditional love. It's a very high level, okay? but it's achievable. And when you do have that feeling, Wallahi, I guarantee you, your life will become Jannah. Every moment of your day becomes Jannah. Then you stop judging people based on their appearances. Because you love everybody. You know, you're sitting in a restaurant and the waitress is extremely rude to you. What are you doing? You're smiling. You're being okay with her. You're being forgiving and merciful. And then people will start loving you. Because inside is clean, therefore, you attract the same. So pretty deep stuff, yeah? I think we should end it here. So you guys see Okay, let's do the famous survey now. State of the hearts of the Ummah. Please, everybody, participate. So do we have a lot of work to be done? And by the way, these were the basic elements of the human being. We're talking about foundation here. We're not talking about ihsan and higher levels. We're talking about basics. But the, the idea here is that I did not, I repeat, I did not want you to, to bring you down with negative energy in this talk. The idea was this is awareness. You know, 
this awareness for you to learn, to maybe wake up. Maybe this talk could be a life transformation for you. Maybe those listening, right? Could be life transformation because, you know, we never knew this stuff. No one taught us this stuff. People taught us how to pray. People taught us how to fast and what to eat for, you know, breaking the fast. People taught us how to do tawaf and sa'i. People taught us that 2.5% is the zakat. But nobody taught us this stuff. Yes or no? Do they teach this stuff in schools? So, I hope, Danny, with this uh, evening today, you realize the importance of self-development. And the idea that when we develop ourselves, we will become from those who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said are ahsani taqweem. Allah has given us the potential. And this is how beautiful life is. It's fair for all. It's a fair game. You decide. You want to be Ahsan Taqweem? You can be, the, you know, attain for perfection or, you know, strive for perfection. And it's a journey. It's a constant journey. You can never say, Alhamdulillah, I attained self perfection. Does that exist? That is ego. That means you became asfalasafinin actually. Okay? So it's idea of graduality and, and taking it easy. That's why I said relax. Even if it's thumbs down for all five, relax. And decide to make a change and take baby steps. There's no shortcuts in life. I was just telling a friend of mine. There is no shortcuts in life. Just like it takes time for the sun to rise and set. Just like it takes time for the baby to come out of the mother's womb. Right? How much time? How much time? Nine months. If you try to take it out after one month, what happens? Problem, right? It takes time for the trees to grow and for the fruits to come out. It takes time for the baby to start to walk, to learn to walk and to talk. This is the you know, beauty of life. And Allah judges us based on our efforts and intentions. And I'll end with this. Allah will not judge you based on the results you achieved. Because there is no result. Is there a result? It's a constant journey towards this ahsan taqweem perfection. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the ulul azm min al-rusul, the five prophets. Who were they? Remind me again. Nuh alayhi salam, Musa alayhi salam, first Isa alayhi salam, then Musa alayhi salam, Ibrahim alayhi salam, and Prophet Muhammad alayhi salam. Allah gave us, that's why these stories are there in the Quran, for us to have role models of people who attain perfection, so that we can, inshallah, get on this journey together. So I ask Allah to help us all get on this journey and to get on the Sirat al Mustaqim, this path that inshallah will lead us closer to him every day as we inshallah you know, uh, progress in our lives so that we can inshallah one day also meet him one day with the best state of our minds, with the best state of our bodies, with the best state of our nafs, with the best state of our ruhs and with the best state of our hearts. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, on that day, on the day of judgment, your money and your children will be of no benefit. Except for the one 
who comes with a sound and pure and clean heart. Jazakumullah khair. Subhanakallah bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa ant. Nastaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.